We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only host of Loudmouth, Madison Marie Hadler, here coming at you with another episode. I know it's shocking, honestly, that you're listening to a new episode right now, but you are. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday, everyone, or whatever day you're listening to this on. I hope that you guys are having a good week so far, and I am super, super excited about this episode. And you know, it's so funny, just a couple, like two weeks ago, I made a poll on my Instagram asking you guys how long you guys normally like your podcast episodes, and everyone answered 30 to 45 minutes. But here is the thing, you guys. I try so hard to hit that mark, but sometimes my conversations with guests are just way too good for me to cut down anymore, and that's exactly what happened with today's episode. Um, Today, I have Miss Tully Beard on, and we are talking about anti-fat bias, fat phobia, her life as a fat person and how she has started to or how she learned how to advocate and speak up for herself and how she's asking you guys to join her in. I wanted to have her on here because I actually went to um, almost like high school to college with Tolly and she has always done such a good job on Twitter talking about um fat phobia and just kind of opening my eyes to realize all the things that I've internalized of fat phobia and how that's not only harmful to everyone else and to fat people and to the world but also to myself and just the other week I posted something about Shein and how you know we shouldn't be shopping there and all that and she replied to me saying like yes of course Shein isn't a good company but it is one of the only places that gives affordable plus size clothing and that really I mean obviously I had never really thought about it that way before because I just know like she ends a bad company you know and then you just place that label on there and yeah of course it's not great but when it's providing affordable clothing to people who cannot normally find that other places or at the stores that I shop out or whatever it is like I need to be cautious of everyone who is using this um company and I need to be think about more than just myself and more than just what I think about a certain company or whatever it is so I really wanted to have her on here and kind of just talk about fat phobia talk about it with me a little bit more and you know like she says in the episode if you guys don't have fat friends here's your fat friend Tolly, and she's going to talk to you guys today about all of the things that we can do to fight that uh, anti-fat bias in our own heads and also to the world. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I will have all of Tully's links down below and I hope you learned something because I know that I did. So enjoy. (laughs) 
introducing yourself. Tell tell the audience who you are. Well, hey, audience. My name is Tully, Tully Beard, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm just fat lady living in Springfield, Missouri, trying her best. Trying her best. That's me. Yeah. How, how are you doing with uh, everything with COVID down there? How's it? How are you feeling? It's a little embarrassing to live in Springfield, Missouri right now. We have like the lowest vaccination rate in the country or something. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure it is. Ooh. Okay. Well, thank you for being on here today. Um, we're not talking about COVID, but it's a good thing to bring up. Um, <laughs> so basically, as you know, I kind of wanted you to come on here to talk a little bit about fat phobia because you, I mean, you have educated me multiple times on things of that sort, which is great because yeah, it's no, it's perfect because it's something that like, I mean, just like with anything, like you have to follow people who are in like the community that it affects and follow people who talk about it and listen to them. That's the biggest thing you have to listen to them. So I wanted to have you on just to kind of talk about it and to give you a platform to be able to talk about it more than, you know, just on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah. Wherever I can get it. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've noticed, I noticed that people don't really talk about it ever. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm one of the only voices for a lot of my friends and family who ever, like I'm the happiest fat person they know. And like, (laughs) it's so rare and like that speaks to it, Mm -hmm. but, um, Yeah. Anyways, thanks for having me. I'm happy. Yeah, of course. So let's start out just by, you know, defining what we're talking about here. So what is fat phobia? What kind of goes into that and everything that kind of can be defined? (laughs) Yes. So fat phobia or anti-fat bias is um, just oppression of fat people in society. It's it's systemic, really. It's it's everywhere. I can't go one day without identifying at least two instances of fat phobia. Everything I watch has a fat joke. Everything I listen to has some fat, like fat, fat, bad things in it, yeah. except for like specific podcasts, which I would love to recommend later. Yes. Um, there's one in particular that is um, anti-fat bias and it's by, mm-hmm. um, it's on, which podcast is it? It's maintenance phase and it's Aubrey Gordon, who is your fat friend on Twitter okay. and Michael. Oh, Michael something. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Oh, that's okay. uh, <laughs> but it's, it's like so good. So after y'all listen to this episode, you should go listen to that one immediately. Cause and learn more. Yeah. So good. And everything I say is going to be like that, except that they're going to be more eloquent with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be the relatable, like transition yes (laughs) into it for you (laughs) that's what I strive my podcast to be because I definitely don't know everything but I can water down it enough to where you're like interested and then send you to where you can go that's great that's what people need that's what that's what introduces me yeah because I feel like in the same way of you're saying like you're kind of your only friends like fat friend who can like speak on these issues I feel like TikTok has kind of made me more aware of like those kind of things because I mean all the time I'll see thin people talking about like body positivity and stuff and then people will reply and be like hey so like yeah no one wants to talk bad about anybody's bodies but here's the thing you're kind of corrupting the whole idea of who this is supposed to be for and when I first heard that I was like like it makes so much sense but 
it's hard to like get that in people's minds. Can we talk about like the different, like the body positivity movement, everything like that? Sure. Yes. The body positivity movement. I'm not super educated on its origins, but I do know that it was started by fat people for fat people. And it's, um, it's great. I want everyone to feel great in their body. That's the goal, really. And because fat phobia and anti-fat bias, they're the same thing interchangeable. But um, anyways, because <laughs> that affects everybody, it kind of applies to everybody. So then, I mean, it's nice to see people want to be a part of it. But to me personally, it you can almost equate it with like Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. But we're not we're not the ones with our like the house on fire. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're yes. talking about fat people right now. Yes. <laughs> so it's 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 like that, and it's complicated because I I'm not maybe the best person to talk about body positivity specifically Mm -hmm. to that all the nuances with that little phrasing and how it's being commandeered by thin people um but yeah (laughs) yeah no um a girl so I had a girl on here from TikTok a couple weeks ago and I guess Kimberly Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, Kimberly. Listen to that one. She said, like, sometimes it's just literally not about you. And so maybe we should just, like, stop trying to make, like, not everything has to relate to you. But uh, <laughs> you said before, like, phobia like, affects everyone. Obviously, people in different ways. But, like, how, what do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we as a society are obsessed with how we look. We're obsessed with beauty. It's just programmed into our society. And um, a big part of that is fatness and how everyone is striving to not be fat ever. That's some people spend their whole lives dieting and doing weird exercise regimens and like trigger warnings, people develop eating disorders and like really, really like bad habits of eating. And that's not, that's it. Eating disorders don't come from nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything is it's it's all based in fat phobia like if one of my friends posts something like "Ooh, i want to lose 10 pounds i say why 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 i say oh i just feel like i uh want and they don't have an answer mm-hmm. because it's me a fat person going what do you mean you're gonna <laughs> i have t- i have 10 pounds i can maybe lose yeah are you saying that maybe i should also lose 10 pounds in in terms of like everyone being affected by it this runs people's lives it runs people's lives and um, it ruins relationships with family and friends and um i've i like unfollow people all the time or i unfriend people who will post mean things about their own body because i'm like i'm i've done all this work Mm -hmm. to be happy with who i am and to be comfortable as a fat person and seeing things like that are harmful and I don't need to have that there then mm-hmm. um fat phobia is like a disease people it's so infectious spreads so readily and people are so ready to jump in and also be mean to fat people and condemn fat people and so if everyone is constantly against any kind of anything on their bodies it's like yeah uh, it's just so it is it's so ingrained in like this diet culture and this idea that we have to like fit these certain stereotypes and these ideas and beauty standards and it's just like 
it oppresses everyone, but it oppresses the people who are actually like who are fat and like right funny too because like as I mean maybe not everyone knows this but I've seen especially like you know obviously growing up with a mother like things that she would say about her body like then were kind of passed along to me knowingly or unbeknownst to me like especially in like the 90s and everything like that like big butts were not like a like women wanted small butts. They wanted small butts. They didn't want big butts. And that is something Lots that my of jokes mom on friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my mom used to like, not like, sorry, mom, I'm really just exposing you. I love you. But my mom like used to talk about her butt being too big or whatever. And then I would look at myself and be like, we have the same butt. Like I don't like, Oh, but no, your butt's fine. It's only mine that I don't like disconnect. This yes. disconnect. And yeah. so it just like, I just know that these um different ideal body types like come in and out of style and that's what it is body types are like a style it's like Mm -hmm. a trend Mm -hmm. and that is in itself like I don't know how people can't look at that and be like bro they're just selling you shit like that's all they're trying to do Mm -hmm. and once you dismantle dismantle that fat phobia in your own mind and in your own life you start to see it and you're like this is fucking disgusting like Mm -hmm. yeah big web of shit (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah okay so this is a personal recommendation recommendation to you but anyone maintenance phase they go through like old diet trends and stuff just like throughout history oh you would love it you would love it maintenance phase it's it's awful they did like moon juice and um oh all kinds of stuff like the atkins diet i bet the atkins Uh diet is on there at some point oh yeah yeah it's so Uh much yeah. so much would suggest all of that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, because you think about, you know, fat phobia or whatever, and, but like people who don't know what it means, they're like, well, yeah, of course no one wants to be fat. Like that's like the ultimate response. And you're just like, actually, <laughs> so what do you yeah. mean by that? What do you mean like, by that? Is it because society has told you that you sh- should look a certain way because it's in style And even just in our years of growing up, like my Tumblr years were filled with thigh gaps. I've never in my life, I was, I've never in my life even had a thigh gap. I've, I was a big kid. I've been the same weight since like high school, like with a fluctuation of like 20 pounds on either side. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not like a major worker outer or a major dieter. There's according to people's view of fat people being gluttonous lazy just all of that slobs if if those were true I would be I would be 500 pounds by now but it's not true and I'm the same weight that I was when I was a senior in high school yeah so like so hey (laughs) and that's what one thing that like I think Lizzo does a very great job of on TikTok is like like she works out and everyone still is like, oh, well, you're just lazy. You're fat. Like whatever. And she's like, not that I have to you prove get it to you. on stage and do a three hour concert singing and dancing and playing flute and try not to lose breath. Yeah. Get over yourselves. And yes. also like something that I wish people understood was that like my fatness, my fitness, all of that is none of anyone's business and I don't care what you think you can tell me um and it's not welcome yeah I'll hate I will not like it 
and uh, it's not going to change anything. You can't bully people into being not fat. You can bully them into um, some bad disordered eating. You yeah. can bully them into bad mental health, but you cannot bully people into being thin. It doesn't work that way. They can go on a million diets. Diets do not work. They can go on a intense workout regimen. It doesn't always stick. Every diet, once you end it, it's... you're going to go back to where you are. Your body, mm-hmm. your body is designed to keep weight. So why should I fight nature? Yeah. And also, why does it matter to you? Like my body has nothing to do with your body. So mm-hmm. unless you're hating on my body because you think your body's, you know, the shit or whatever, or the thing <laughs> that I should be, but just like, why does it matter? Just like with anything, it's like, why does that? I don't know. I'm just like, yeah. if it, I, my biggest thing is if the community is telling you like, Hey, what you're saying is harmful or what you're doing is harmful. Why not sit there and listen and then stop? Yeah. Yeah, that's something that Aubrey talks about in the anti-fat bias thing is it's anti-fatness, anti-fat bias that is one of the most socially acceptable things, like ways of oppressing a people. Mm -hmm. It's totally like no one's going to stand up for you in public. No one ever has. (laughs) No one thinks about it oppressed peoples we have to apparently prove to other people that we are oppressed by reliving trauma all the time so i mean people can call out racism now they recognize racism people don't have to continually exploit themselves to get Mm -hmm. people to understand anymore people fat people we have to say oh i got thrown off a plane because i was too fat Oh, my doctor, I went in because I had a sore throat and they prescribed me weight loss meds. We have to say that all the time. We have to say shit like that or else people aren't going to believe us. Mm -hmm. They won't just believe that I'm paid less than other people in my same profession because I'm fat, you know? Yeah. Because they think I'm lazy or something. And I feel like fat phobia, especially, I mean, at least in my life, like that didn't really come into my sights until like college, because it's something that's not talked about because we also had the whole craze of like when we were younger, like eating healthy and hanging out outside and stuff. And so that like you automatically assume people who are bigger than you are not doing those things and not taking care of themselves. I think especially with COVID and everything, that kind of like the whole doctor issue and people not believing bad people that they have like these people have misconceptions or whatever and like don't actually fix the problem of someone being sick. Like I think COVID really showed that to me yeah. on Twitter and everything because yeah. people were like, oh yeah, I went in with COVID and they just told me to lose weight. Like, What do you mean it's a virus? So where's, <laughs> where's, the, where's the connect? Yikes. So, okay. Whenever, so you said like you were like always like the bigger kid, whatever. So Mm -hmm. when was the first time that you kind of, I don't even want to say like realize that, but realize that that was like an issue in society. So whenever I first knew there was a difference between the way like fat and thin people were treated is probably middle school is the farthest back I can remember about it because that's when people hit puberty and that's when we start to place value on other people based on their looks so you know 
little middle school romances were popping up and everyone was being all cute and doing their little coupling up. And I was like, oh, so cute, but I was never a part of it. And I was like, well, why don't boys like me? And as much as I really hate to give power to men of any kind, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I like it hurt, you know, because that was a social norm that that's what I was conditioned to think about, you know. I was not desirable because I was fatter than everybody else. And that's, so that's the first time that I really uh, caught on. And then over time, I've, it's just kind of been compounded over my life. And I'm only 25. And I have been very fortunate to have really loving people around me. And all of the anti-fat bias that I've ever experienced has been pretty mild compared to what other people mm-hmm. experience. So, um yeah, middle school is when it started. They love to stare at my boobs, but they loved to not treat me as a human. Isn't that funny? Isn't it's that so, so funny. funny? Because like the one part that's like sexualized by because society sexualizes it is mm-hmm. like your boobs are they're fat. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What? Uh, what? And if they were just wait on until any they other, figure it out. Yeah. And just on any other part of your body, people would make fun of you for it or comment on it but Mm -hmm. because it's the boobs we love we love some big fat titties don't we (laughs) (laughs) that's what some guy i'm just side note on hinge i was on hinge and some guy straight up just like matched with me and that was his comment tangle bitties so okay yeah let's yeah let's talk about dating apps let's talk about them real quick okay yeah Share, share, share some experiences um, if you feel um, oh, willing to. I would love men to. Men being awful. <laughs> I would love to. First of all, follow She Rates Dogs on everything. It's the yes. best. <laughs> um, but gosh, okay. So I'm, I've been in a relationship for uh, five months today. Yes. So um, he's wonderful. Okay. He's yeah. wonderful. We met on a dating app, we met on Tinder. So as far as, uh, dating apps go I like tender the most okay I didn't like hinge yeah okay so as as a fat person yes there's a lot of superficialness on dating apps mm-hmm. which is totally fine so there's such a weird fine line here so whenever I was making my profiles I would make sure that I look fat in my pictures so that people know what they're getting whenever they meet me. People need to know that I'm fat so they don't meet me and make mm-hmm. rude comments whenever, <laughs> like it's unsafe if people think they're being catfished. Yeah. I can't just post pictures that I like of myself if I look like, and not not because I look thin in them, but if I happen to look thin in them mm-hmm. based on just like an angle or something, uh-uh. I have a variety of pictures. They see me from all my angles. They know what they're going to get. And it's just like, I shouldn't have to do that for just men to, to not feel, yes, just to be safe for men to not feel betrayed or anything. And so like, I'm very upfront about how I look and um, if they are, if they aren't comfortable dating a fat person, then I'm not interested in them matching with me. I'm not interested in talking to them. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it weeds out a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, similar to you, I I had one guy and I forgot about him, but I had one guy, um, he would swipe on my um, thing and he would send me boobs. I do remember that. Yes. And then I I would like unmatch, like I told him off and I matched him. Yes. And then like a few months later, whenever I had reset my dating apps, I 
match them again and he did it again and i was like fuck yeah. i forgot about you <laughs> boobs and i'm like stop <laughs> it's just so yucky yeah so it's like i want to be upfront with how i look so that everyone knows that i'm fat and i have the the big butt and the big boobs and i have the big tummy and all of that and so then I get the people who like that, but then I get the people who only see that mm-hmm. and who will fetishize me. And so that is really hard to navigate because I don't want them. And this is, this is not to kink shame anyone because some people like kinks about like, you know, feeding people and stuff like that. And I'm so happy for them as long as they have the correct person, but I do not need you to do that to strangers on the internet. I need I you actually, to respect me as a person. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't even know that like that kind of fetish like existed. I feel like the, there's a very fine line between that being like, okay, it's a kink. Like, okay, there are some parts of it that, like are, you know, okay, whatever. As long as, again, the other person feels comfortable with it. But I feel like there's probably a lot of like things within that that are like, what's the word? I don't, I mean, problematic. Fat, like, yeah, problematic. There you go. How does one like do like navigate that in like a safe way? I like to think that I'm really good at like sensing okay. how people are over text and yeah. And also I'm really good about leaving if I don't feel safe. And a lot of people are not. A lot of people can't they can't navigate that and that is not their fault. Um but I mean if I get creepy vibes, I'm out. There's no yeah. mercy, there's no second chances, I'm gone because or or if I say something like hey that's not cool then they're like oh okay that's that's fine then like I don't know it's just you just got to be it's case by case Mm -hmm. trust your instincts although I am so happy that you found a relationship obviously I do miss screenshots of (laughs) tinder messages it's so funny so he is he wears a size medium And I've literally never worn a size medium in anything in my life. And it's great to be a size medium. I'm so happy for people who are mediums. But like the people who have only ever worn smaller sizes will never understand how it feels Mm -hmm. to be a fat person. And so, I mean, he's doing great so far. He's listening. He is um, going to educate himself on fat experiences in the world and like, he loves me and he loves my body and he respects me mm-hmm. and he likes my brain too. So having a partner who isn't fat and who has never been fat mm-hmm. isn't as much of a challenge as I thought it would be. Yeah. But also maybe he's the exception. So he's so something um that he's learned to do is whenever we go somewhere, like a restaurant or something, he'll look mm-hmm. at me and say, Where do you want to sit? because restaurants sometimes the booths are really close or the chairs don't look sturdy enough for me or mm-hmm. you know things like that so he'll turn to me and be like where do you want to sit or if they take us somewhere he'll say is this an okay place to sit so he's being it's- great and really mindful about that stuff yeah and that's great because that's what I was saying earlier just listening and like trying like even if you'll never personally understand like as long as you're listening and you're trying like that's truly the best thing that you can do because like you're gonna get it wrong sometimes like if you have never experienced but it's so like important to have people like follow people in those communities of you know whatever it is race like gender, whatever it is. Like disability is a big one too yes. with accessibility stuff. Happy Disability Pride Month. 
Hey. Uh, but yeah, like having those people, because you're not going to get it right 100% of the time and no one's expecting anyone to. Mm-mm. But it's like, you have to be willing to learn and do those kind of things. And I feel like with that phobia, that is so much harder to get across. Like, because it's just so ingrained in everyone's head. Yeah. So you were kind of mentioning earlier, like, you can, you know, walk anywhere, go anywhere throughout the day and like see things that are fat phobic. Uh, can you explain some of those things that you see that? Sure. Like, obviously besides restaurants, because. Oh yeah. That, restaurants. So there's the airplanes. I know, like, think about how uncomfortable you're on, you are on an airplane. And then think about the people who don't fit on airplanes and how uncomfortable we are and how mad everyone is around us because mm-hmm. we're big and we don't fit in the world that was built around us without us in mind. Um, so that, yes. And then there's, um, so like think of any movie that has a fat character in it, or maybe who doesn't have a fat character friends, for example, we we're talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like they love to talk about, uh, fat Monica. Mm, yes. <sighs> that is something that is so, so like important to the plot. It but- didn't have to be. Just, when, but it's okay. She lost weight and she's hot now. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> Poor writing and and also like not to excuse the past, but I mean, first of all, it's still happening in everything that we do. But mm-hmm. um, it's just like it, it's okay to do those things, and mm-hmm. no one speaks out about it. I'm just the joke always, and it's not ever what we need. So like Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. love her she's a wonderful actress and she's always cast in a comedic role mm-hmm. rebel wilson comedic always. roles yes yes shrill the best show so, dear listeners that is the show that i feel the most represented in ever so if if you i would recommend everyone watch shrill and um i think everybody should watch it to kind of get a real taste of what people face every day the and they they do um, I guess, no, I, I was going to say some situations they make like dramatic, but that's not, <laughs> that's not true. People face stuff like that all the time. So like, for example, there's like a fitness trainer and she has like her number posted on this bulletin board in a coffee shop. And so, um, the main character, she's taking a picture of it. And like the girl, the trainer that's on the poster comes over and I think she was taking a picture to like make fun of it. It was like a cheesy poster or something, which like isn't a good thing to do or whatever. But like also, so there's this trainer lady and she like confronts uh, the main character and um, gosh, just like completely backhand co- like comments her. And there's one part in particular where she like grabs her wrist and her like her fingers go, I have a really big frame, so this doesn't mm-hmm. work. But like, because she has small small wrists yeah and she goes wow you have a really small frame i know there's like a thin person in there just waiting to get out and i'm like Uh. (sighs) and i would like to say that that's dramatized but that happens all the time yeah say stuff like that all the time and it's just like way more normalized because that's just Mm -hmm. how it is and no one sees it as a problem right and nobody around them said anything <laughs> and then the barista like said oh you remind me of rebel wilson or something like that 
And it's like, no, I don't. I'm nothing like Rebel Wilson. I'm just fat and white. (laughs) I saw a TikTok of a girl. It was like a a black, bigger girl. And she was like, when everyone asked me, oh, do you like Lizzo? And she was like, why do you, why do you think I like Lizzo? Why, why would you approach me with that question? Hmm. Um. And that speaks on representation too. Yeah. Because There's not also, very many fat people and well represented in the world. And so we have like seven to choose from and the people of color even less. Yeah. <laughs> so another example of um, fat phobia that I personally encounter daily is diet talk and weight loss talk. And that isn't necessarily directed at me always, but I have coworkers who talk about their diets nonstop. They talk, 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 talk. And one of them does intermittent fasting and is keto and is an anti-vaxxer. That's not related. <laughs> and <laughs> does character a little bit more. <laughs> right, right. And so she'll, and she'll like announce to me, I lost three pounds. And I say, whoa, I don't care. <laughs> you look the same. <laughs> I don't care. I truly really not care that much at all. Exactly. And then another thing that happened today actually is people love to do, love to make small talk. And one very visible thing about me is that I'm fat. So people will say, Oh, have you lost weight? And I say, Nope. Nope. And so in this particular um, instance, I work at the blood center. And I was attempting to give blood today and I have to weigh you to calculate how, like how much blood you can give. Mm, and so okay. I usually do like triple platelets mm. and I did a red cell last time too. Pretty cool. Oh. The more body mass, the more I can save lives. Congratulations, everybody. Benefit of being fat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, so she asked me that and I was like, no, probably not. And then I stepped on the scale and I gave blood like two weeks ago and I've gained weight since, since then. She sees me every day. I'm like, no, I haven't lost weight. I'm just wearing black today. Yeah. (laughs) Black every day. The audacity to like come up to a person and comment on their body in any way, shape or form. Like, um, so like after my first, so I, I went to college, I moved from Texas to Springfield and, um, I went through college and I was on my own for the first time. I was stressed out. I was all these different things and I lost a ton of weight. I wasn't working out for the first time in my life. And I, yeah, cause I did sports and stuff all yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, so I wasn't working out for the first time in my life. I was responsible for my own like meals and I lost a ton of weight and it wasn't good for me. I looked so, so different. And it was, I mean, I didn't feel that bad mm-hmm. because it was kind of gradual, but it was, it was concerning. I, it was where I developed some bad eating habits mm-hmm. that are still with me to this day. Whenever, so I worked at church at my church camp the summer after my first um, summer away or my first year away from Texas. <laughs> and whenever one of my old friends from church, she's a lovely person. She's just unaware of Mm. this um she saw me from across camp and said did you stop eating Uh, in front of everyone everyone many people many people and I was like speechless (laughs) the answer is yes yeah like how do you even reply thanks for noticing (laughs) that I have 
a weird relationship with food right now? Like, am I supposed to take like in in their mind a compliment? Yes. Like, I think it got brushed over because I was seeing people I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh huh. So it's but yeah, that's like, and that's even worse. Five years ago. Yeah, that's no, and that's even worse because it's like people you haven't seen in a while, and that's the first thing they have to comment on you about your body, Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Uh, yeah people just need to keep it to themselves and work every time you have the the need you feel the need to say something to someone about their body don't do it ever (laughs) (laughs) that's the best advice I can give you there yeah (laughs) do you think that you like did you I mean I'm sure you experienced it like throughout your life but was there any like kind of difference between you know like middle school high school and college like of how people were fat phobic to you or was it all just kind of like the same comments and shit like that so because people who don't know me I'm like pretty welcoming and nice to people and so people have always just been nice to me Mm -hmm. and um so if it is like anti-fat bias or they're spewing fat phobia at me I it's always from a place of kindness Mm -hmm. and that doesn't make it okay but it does make it less noticeable so Mm. A lot of it for me is like, I didn't really notice a whole lot of it because I was part of it and perpetuating it for so long. Um, I feel like high school is whenever I kind of got better about it and kind Mm -hmm. of, I can't, you know, I was really lucky because Hairspray the movie came out (laughs) whenever I was in sixth grade. So right, right whenever it started to show up, I had this shining model of it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so in terms of like having some really bad body issues I'm not one of those that had to go through it and I'm so so lucky um but like oh okay I can think of this one instance so my sister Oakley so I have have three sisters two of them are built pretty slender and then Oakley's built like me Mm -hmm. and so at some point I don't know if she knows the story maybe she won't listen to the podcast we'll see um (laughs) this is a test this is a test Oakley are you listening (laughs) (laughs) so at some point she had a bully in middle school um bullies are bullies for some reason and I don't really know his story Mm. but um I had Jim with her bully and he loved to talk about her at me. And I was like, you don't think I will fist fight you (laughs) right now. And so at some point we were like walking somewhere and he was like, oh, your sister's fat as hell. And I was like, oh, how fat is hell? (laughs) Please tell me. Have you been there? Have you been there? I want to go. He he might live there. yikes and so it's just so funny I've been I guess I've been combating it because for a while I must have been in seventh grade so I guess I've I've always been an activist and standing up and also like I was fat too why was Oakley the one being picked on I I don't know and then he threw a basketball at my butt and Uh, the um PE teacher did nothing oh PE teachers were kind of oh I didn't see it and I said do you want to see the bruise on my butt? <laughs> well, anyways, to answer your question, it's about the same because everyone's kind of conditioned mm-hmm. as a general 
like feeling towards fat people from whenever they're young yeah and as we get older it just kind of solidifies but I mean for the most part it was just like being not desired by anybody and that only compacted over the years I didn't even start dating until I was in college not because I didn't want to but because like just no one was interested in me and also like I guess I wasn't interested in them either which is fine but like (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I kind of would like to. <laughs> yeah. So whenever, like, I mean, obviously, like, you realize pretty young, like, the differences and the different ways that you were treated compared to thin people. But when do you think, if you ever really do remember a moment, when do you think you kind of, like, put the term, like, fat phobia and, like, having a bias, like, when do you think that kind of came into your head? Yeah, it was college. Okay. It was probably far into college. And I mean, I feel like it's mostly because it just wasn't talked about ever until mm-hmm. more recent And years. I can't even think about like, I don't even know what kind of set me off. One thing that flipped um, switch for me was starting to follow at your fat friend mm. on Twitter everywhere, Aubrey Gordon. And I know I kind of like talk about her a lot, but she changed my narrative Mm -hmm. she changed my life and it's just because my eyes were closed to all these things but I was feeling the effects for so Mm -hmm. long and it shouldn't have been up to me to say like oh why like I feel so badly about things and I'm by myself in it and it I shouldn't have been the one be like this is fat phobia. It should have been introduced to me. It should have been something that's out already. And because it's a relatively new stream of activism, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of resources. There's not a lot of open minds. Yeah. Which, and I mean, like, just like you were saying earlier and with anything, honestly, in the activist world, it's all intersectional. Like there's fat phobia is bad. And then you layer on racism and then you layer on sexism and then you layer on all this stuff. So it's like, we can't just talk about one thing without talking about everything, like, because they're all intertwined. And I think realizing that, especially intersectional feminism, like realizing that that means that you fight for every cause that's on the table because it all falls into the same thing. And I think that people don't realize that with fat phobia yet. They don't get that another, um, like it's another block. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like a good example of this, which isn't my community to speak about, but examples that I've seen from the community is like the uh, toxic grinder community, the gay (laughs) men. I, a common phrase that I've heard over the years is no fats, no femmes. There's a lot to unpack there, but you know, it's just, that's an example of where it's everywhere. And it's just so crazy. Like once you learn about what it is, you start seeing it in everything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. It sucks that like I had to learn about it and actively seek out learning about it. Like I didn't just know, like what you're saying earlier, like you didn't just know. It was like Mm -hmm. a thing that later on you had to be told like, oh yeah, that's because of this. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So (laughs) got it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of resources and everyone should use the resources Yes, but for your own sake, if you learn about things, you'll be happier. (laughs) You'll be able to live your life in a great, wonderful way. 
and you keep learning and you keep growing, you keep making yourself happy and everyone else around you happy. And what's the point of not doing that? Yeah. And it's just like, it doesn't really cost you anything actually. Zero dollars. Yeah. Podcasts are free. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) But yeah, I think there's like so many communities that's just ingrained into, and it's like, and the thing, especially about fat phobia is like, although obviously it helps people who are the uh, like main afflicted community or whatever, it also just helps you because then you sit there and you're like, okay, so all these things, like it, you know, you hate about yourself or whatever, you don't like in other people. You're like, oh my God, it's because society has told me that that is that way. And then you're like, whoa, (laughs) surprise. (laughs) It's just like, I've had a whole transformation from middle school who I wore a coat. Oh, I forgot. I wore a coat to school. I lived in Texas. I wore a coat to school every day for like a year. Baby toy. It's okay. I know. I know. It was fat phobia. Ooh, internalized. It was internalized. internalized. But anyways, and now I wear crop tops. So we love to see everyone it. go fuck themselves. <laughs> And not in a fun way. Yeah. In a bad way. In a a bad way. (laughs) But that's one thing, like, um, especially with like your Twitter and especially um what is the one hashtag that you always that vanity. That vanity, yes. I saw that on TikTok. Yes. Like things like that, like just putting it in your face and just seeing it and just realizing like that's not different. Like it's not like it's not different. It's not different. Our population is very fat. Yeah. When you look at our, just like the scale of what, like the BMI and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. That is what not is only, a BMI? <laughs> yeah. That is not only fat phobic, but also racist. And also like just so many other fu- sexes, so many other fucking things. Mm-hmm. And people used to like base themselves off that. In middle school, we used to be told what range of that we were in or Mm. whatever the fuck yeah yeah and it's I don't know a whole lot about this but fat phobia has deep racist roots because black people are natural not all of them but are naturally a lot of them are more curvy that's just how genetically they're built up and so a good example of this is I always have trouble finding clothing Mm -hmm. that's affordable that I can wear and then this store popped up over whenever I was living in Texas called Rainbow and apparently yeah yeah so and I had never heard of this store but I just said plus on it and I was like all right I'll go inside and there were like only black people in there and all the clothes fit so beautifully and I'm like wow and then I realized oh, it's because this is like a black business Mm -hmm. and they made clothes for their clients. So it's just interesting to see the relationship there. And like there are thin and fat people of all races and that's great, but it's interesting how related that is. It's also like having to do with poverty Mm -hmm. and access to food that is good for you Mm -hmm. or gosh, it's this, this needs seven episodes, but anyway, so it's just like, it's amazing how, how closely related everything is back to intersectionality. Here's a question for you. Yeah. How do you think 
social media has kind of impacted the fat phobia, like movement and stuff like that? Oh, I know it's kind of a big question. Ups ups and downs. Oh, that's totally fine. You know, I think, I think I would say that it is good and bad, but necessary. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that we should be following fat people on Instagram. We should be following models and artists and um, all kinds of fat influencers, fashion icons who are fat. We need to put those bodies in front of us so we can see them and we, that normalizes it. And cause if you, Ooh, there was a thread on Twitter the other day about how like we don't really see a lot of historic fat people. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, just people in the media who are fat, who aren't funny, Um, like models and stuff. Fat people have been around forever. We've always been here. We've always been fat. And, but we've always been selective about who we show. Mm -hmm. So social media has boomed for fat visibility. And that is irreplaceable. Put fat people on your timeline. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. look scroll through their comments if you're fat maybe don't do this but everyone else scroll through their comments see the shit they get in their comments even though you don't see that on the daily you don't see that on your own post you don't see that maybe happening in real life there are people who will harass me in my comments it's happened on my own personal twitter i'm not famous i'm not anyone super special i mean i'm special but you know (laughs) but you know i'm not like in a figure or anything um but people who I don't know will come into my mentions and talk about how gross I am for existing. And I'm like, so did you search the word fat Fat. on Twitter and scroll through and reply to everyone? And I'm thinking like, okay, so think about where that comes from and why you have such a holdup for this. And it happens to celebrities. It happens to the people that you know and love. Yes. It's just, it's going back to that. Like we have to prove it to them. And I don't, want to have to do that all yeah. the time like I have a lot of energy and I'm happy to talk to people about um fat phobia and their society and how their uh their negative self-talk is making me feel bad and I know you don't intend to harm me but you know I just have those conversations all the time I someone posted something about themselves on their snapchat one of the thinnest people I know posted mm-hmm. about themselves in their snapchat story like calling themselves a whale and I was like hey that's like kind of fat phobic and like it really makes me feel yucky that you would think that and they're like this is not about you and I was like yeah they're like you're making this about you this is about me it's not about you and I'm like well it's about it's about me yeah like (laughs) it's about me it's about your fear of me or looking like me exactly exactly what's what's so scary about this they're scared to become fat because they know how society treats fat people because even if they don't want to admit it or they don't want to say it out loud like that's why that's why people are so scared of it because they don't want to be treated like that Mm -hmm. no one should be treated like that no one wants to be treated like that not at all and like people are ashamed of me sometimes. I had a friend in high school. He was one of my closest friends. We're no longer friends. Um, he was ashamed of me. He posted pictures with all his friends at the time. He never once posted a picture of me. Like no one would ever think about that. No one would ever notice that. Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed. Yeah. We are and no longer friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so me as a fat person, I have I have a request to your loud mouthers. Yes. Start noticing oh. fat phobia 
start noticing it, start standing up to it. I am putting in so much work to get people to even try and take this seriously mm-hmm. because like, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of my thin, my thin friends posting things about fat phobia. It's only me cause I'm the fat one mm-hmm. and I need y'all to be there for me. I need you to, to speak up when you see it. I need you to be an ally to me and I need you to make the world better. If we make enough of a stink, maybe they'll make airplane seats bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? We all win. <laughs> so, you know, amazing. stop being lazy, step up. Yeah. If someone harasses me in public, say something. If someone yeah. harasses me on Twitter, beat them up <laughs> and call them fat phobic trash. Yes. But this, we should make a note, this is different than taking the body or this movement and making it your own. Yes. You're yep. a thin person. Yeah. You're being an ally to fat people. You're not speaking over us. Yes. Yes. So I was going to ask, which we kind of, I feel like sprinkled throughout, but what are some people like besides, you know, posting about it, whatever, what are some things that people can do to fight their own fat phobia that they have like internalized and within like just the world that they live in? Yes. Okay. Number one, follow fat people on all kinds of social media. Mm-hmm all different kinds of fat people. You need people who are visibly fat. So like models, artists, people who make art about fat people, preferably a fat artist. I don't really like, it irks me whenever thin people do that. Um, Fat activists, you gotta. Um, So follow those people. Yes. Then um, don't comment on people's bodies ever. That's number two. Um, And then number three, before you comment on your own body, think about where that comes from. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's just being kind to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> as well as well as people around you. But think about where that comes from. Speak up when you see fat phobia. Yeah, that's what I want people to do. I need people to do that. I can't yes. do it by myself. Yes, because it's also like it's because. I mean, as literally because fat phobia exists, like people are going to listen to the thin people more when they speak up about it. Right. Use your voice to help me. So we kind of talked about like obviously some podcasts and stuff, but let's name them all or name all the resources that you would recommend. Now. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And right I'll now, have them let's... linked in the show notes too. So okay. Everyone. Let's have a list. We've talked about some of them, but okay. maintenance phase, specifically the anti-bias, uh, sorry, Maintenance phase, specifically the anti-fat bias episode, the podcast you're wrong about, the obesity epidemic. That's the that's the name of the. Everyone should watch Shrill. It's a great show. It's funny. Funny. It's realistic. It's um. That's where I learned that um. Plan B doesn't work on people who are like over one hundred and like seventy five pounds or yes. something. Yes. So many people are over one hundred and seventy five pounds. Yes. Yes, I'm, yes, yes, I'm yes. like almost twice that. Like, can you imagine yes. me trying to take plan B? The average body weight is, uh, is higher than that. I'm sure. So like, I'm not average even a little bit. I'm, I'm average around. So I wear a 22, 24. Mm-hmm. I'm about like a two X or three X and, but I'm five eleven. So I'm a very tall lady. I'm, I'm just big. I'm a giant on this earth compared to the world around me. And that's fine, except that I don't fit anywhere. Um, 
but my like clothing size is mm-hmm. I think that is the most common size in America. And isn't that crazy that we're considered other mo- and most places don't even have size 12s. I okay, so think about shopping. Yes. You can't shop. I can't shop with my friends unless they're fat. I have to say, let's go to Torrid next. Let's go to Lane Bryant next. Let's go to these very specific and expensive stores where I can find my sizes. But even then, like, I'm a Forever 21, so this is the plus size section. Mm-hmm. Those don't fit me. Yeah. They don't go big enough. No. I'm not. Ugh. Walmart has been great with clothing. They're what cute. the hell? And they have cute shit too. They have such they really good do. stuff. So anyway, so okay, sorry, yes. back to the back to the resources. <laughs> okay, so we got maintenance phase, we got you're wrong about, we got Shrill. It's on Hulu. Everybody, mm-hmm. please watch it. Like, oh, before we move on from Shrill, okay, so there's this like weird rhetoric around characters who are from an, op- an oppressed group of people. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation on them to be the shining model of goodness. So like I, you can have all of these thin, attractive white people on screen making all kinds of mistakes and like, oh, I love this show. But Mm -hmm. like people will, so like the main character, she has a lot of issues she's working through. She's kind Mm -hmm. of a piece of shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And she says that she says, I'm a piece of shit. And so like, and so people will be like, oh, I don't like her. I don't like that show. But like, she's a human this yeah. is a very good like and a very good representation of a human so. yeah and also that's the point of every show ever like mm-hmm. what is a shared what does it show with the perfect character like mm-hmm. exactly like and all the, if you look at other movies with like secondary characters maybe even the main character is mm-hmm. is like black or is lgbtq plus like they can't mess up and it's like, what about all these other shows that are super problematic that people still watch all the time? Mm-hmm, because they're fat. Um, there is an article by my good pal. She's my pal. I wish I knew her. Um, Aubrey Gordon, uh, who is your fat friend. And it's um, it's about fat phobia versus anti-fat bias. It's okay. like the two terms. Okay. So um, I'll hit the highlights. So it's phobias is mental health. And mm-hmm. so if you you're kind of replacing like being shitty with um like mental health. So okay. like they're being shitty and they can help it. But mental health like phobias of things are serious. Uh-huh. So that's why like people are starting to replace fat phobia with anti-fat bias. Okay. And and it's interchangeable and it's okay mm-hmm. and like me as a fat person it's it's a good descriptor to have fat phobia right now mm-hmm. um but there's also things like xenophobia yes that are that are also like similar so i think it translates just fine but that's a good thing to read and think about and then the last one that we talked about um a little bit earlier was more than tracy turnblad it's a podcast by abby rose morris she follows me on twitter oh, um, oh my gosh but um, her podcast is awesome. It's all about um, anti-fat bias in the um, entertainment industry. She talks about um, like the movie industry. She talks about um, stage and she has people from the industry come and be guests on her show Ooh. and talk about those things. All right. So now <laughs> tell people where to follow you. 
oh, okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Tully Beard. That's T-U-L-L-E-Y-B-E-A-R-Z. And I post really cute pictures of myself. I'm one person that you can follow um, that I'm not like an icon or a I or anything but I I am a visible fat person who is visibly fat and I just started dating a photographer so there's really nice pictures of me living and being fat that's on Instagram at Tully Beard Beard like the facial hair and then Mm -hmm. Twitter um it's my name backwards and past tense so it's at yellowed beautiful well is there anything else you want to add before we go today oh there's so much but it's okay (laughs) we've hit a lot of points in the two hours we've talked. All right. Well, beautiful. Thank you for being here and talking with me today. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much, Tilly. I'll talk to you later. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys, how much did you like that episode? How much did you learn? I guess is the better question. Um, I know that I learned a lot from her and I'm so excited to check out the sources and the resources that she has given us and I will make sure to list that all down in the bio or in the show notes and also include Tully's everything, (laughs) TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Make sure that you go follow her, give her some love, hype her up on her selfies that her lovely boyfriend takes for her. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope more than anything it helps you kind of reflect and see the things that you've done that obviously or not obviously you maybe didn't mean to do but that have played into this anti-fat bias that society has created. And just like we say in the episode, everything is intersectional. So when you are accomplishing or looking at yourself and learning about anti-racist rhetoric. I hope that you guys are also learning about sexism and how to fight that and also how that plays into fat phobia and everything of that sort. I hope that you guys see how connected these things are and how if we're loud about one thing, we have to be loud about everything else too. So let me know what people you want on the podcast. Let me know what you want to hear about, what kind of activism you want to learn about because I want to provide those free resources for you and let you dip your toes in everything so that you can be a loudmouth for everyone in the entire fucking world and not just yourself and not just me. And I know that I am constantly learning, constantly trying to research and read up on things. And my biggest help has been following people of these communities that I'm not a part of because once you follow them, they will start to post about things that bother them or things that they see that are oppressing them and you'll start to learn about it but here's my biggest tip for you guys if a community or if a person of a certain community comes up to you and tells you that what you're doing is harmful and unbeknownst to you you didn't know that that was the case don't take it personally just learn from them sit back and say okay you know what if that hurt you I'm so sorry and I'm going to do like I'm going to not do that again and I'm going to learn about why it hurt you not just by asking them because it's like Tolly says it's not everyone's responsibility to teach you there's so many free resources like the ones I'm gonna have linked below and like this podcast itself so I love you guys. I hope you all learned something. Make sure you follow me at Loudmouth Pod. I'm going to be posting some little informational Instagram posts about anti-fat bias and everything like that. Make sure you follow Tolly. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Loudmouth underscore pod. And buy some merch down below, baby. Um, I love you guys very much. Thank you for coming along in this journey and learning how we can be better advocates for ourselves and for the people around us. So I will talk to you all next week. 
Bye.